Hi, this is John. And today on Theocast, we have the special privilege of introducing another host. If you get a chance to listen to our last podcast, we interviewed Justin Perdue, who is the pastor of Covenant Baptist Church in Asheville, North Carolina. And he will be joining us in August in our new renewed podcast. We're going to have uh, three hosts this time, and our third host is with me today on the podcast. But before I interview him and we get started, I just want to give everybody a little bit of an update. In August, the last week of August, our goal is to bring to you a brand new podcast with us three pastors, and it's going to be the same great content where we are bringing Christ to you each and every week from a Reformed confessional perspective where we try and help point out areas in the culture and in theology of pietism and then show you how to rest in Christ. So we're not pointing you away from something, but we're definitely pointing you to something. We'll also have a new primer available for you. It's called a primer on rest. I am extremely excited about this new book. It'll be free for everyone and hopefully it will be an encouragement, but uh, we were able to co-write this together and bring to you a perspective, something we've been working on uh, for quite a while. So I'm encouraged to bring that to you. So stay tuned. We'll have a couple of episodes left for you from the old team, the old boys. Uh, so you'll be able to grab those. All of the other episodes are still available. There's over 180 of them. And if you want to be a part of the Total Access, you can go and grab those. All of the unfiltered are still available. And then the blog articles, all of that is available at our website. So if this is the first time you're listening to Theocast, go to there. And you can kind of get caught up on the conversation. As a matter of fact, 180 hours of it. <laughs> for those of you that even want to try and try and do that, which I've heard some people have. So congratulations. Maybe we should get ribbons for people who finish all 180 of them. And so, of course, I would get one of those because I think I've been on every episode. So <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Bueller is our new host. Jimmy comes to us from Minnesota. Right now, it's the only time you'd want to live in Minnesota because it's summer. But uh, yeah, so Jimmy, welcome to the team. Welcome to the podcast. What part of Minnesota are you coming from? Hey, John. Yeah, we are coming from West Central Minnesota, otherwise known as Wilmer, Minnesota. We are about two hours straight west of the Twin City metropolitan area. And uh, the, when I first met you a long time ago, I can't remember how long ago that was, you made sure to explain to me why Wilmer is very important on the map. Wilmer is indeed very important. Uh, Candy, Ohio County, the county in which we reside, actually is the turkey farming capital of, I believe, the world. So wow. those of you that enjoy turkey, uh, you are welcome, because I believe <laughs> the statistic goes 70% of the nation's turkeys are hatched in Candy, Ohio County, and then shipped all over the world for growing, getting fat, and slaughtering, and eating, and all that good stuff. Yes. Yeah, parents, cover your children's ears. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. This is not a no. child-safe interview. <laughs> yeah. So does the county have a unique smell to it? <clears throat> you know, in the fall, uh, once they lay the manure, as they call it in these the parts, manure. Uh, the manure, <laughs> yes, there is a, if there is a warm day in November, uh, it smells pretty <laughs> awesome outside. So yes, uh, Wilmer is a large agricultural community, um, and so we have... A lot of farmers, a lot of large farms. You know, I know a few farmers that have four to five to six thousand acre farms. Uh, wow. So it's a it's a pretty large agricultural area. That's the main source of of industry in our county. That's awesome. Well, I wanted to just get the, everybody to get a chance to know Jimmy and kind of his background. So, Jimmy, tell us a little about your family. 
Sure. So I'm married to my wife, Kelsey. Uh, we got married in 2010, October 2010. Together we have three children. Charlie, who is going to be a first grader. He'll be seven this fall. Our son, Owen, will be five in just a couple months. And then we have a two-year-old daughter, Nora. Thanks, Jimmy. I think what's interesting about the team now that's around the theological you know, cyber octagon now that we're all in three different states is that we all kind of have a similar background of transitioning out of a pietistic context into more of a reformed confessional context. And so, Jimmy, I think it'd be helpful for our listeners just to kind of hear about, I think, your transition just of how is it you came to know Christ and trust in Christ, and then this uh, transition from a kind of a um, more legalistic pietistic background into where you are today. Sure. Yeah, so I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. So those are my stomping grounds. It's where many of my family still live. Uh, grew up, my parents were children of the Young Life movement. And mm. so my my mom came out of a Catholic, Roman Catholic background. My dad came out of an uh, evangelical Lutheran background. They met uh, in the Young Life movement. And after they got married, they had us kids, and then we went to an evangelical church growing up. Um, still have very fond memories of that church, uh, very dear friends that uh, are still there that I'm, I'm still connected with. I was the kid growing up that was kicked out of Sunday school uh, for being disruptive, for being rude, for not listening. I was also the kid that would beg to not go to church and also beg to leave church as soon as it was finished. Hmm. And so uh, that is that is kind of a little bit of my background, my, my childhood. So appreciative of my parents. Uh, they were so faithful in bringing us to worship on the Lord's Day uh, each and every Sunday. I, I mean, I remember even after prom, uh, my parents waking me up and saying, "You're you're going to church. Like we're going to church." <laughs> and so uh, I'm I'm grateful for uh, my dad and my mom and their their influence in me in that area. So uh, growing up, I was never really interested in Christ. Uh, not interested in the gospel. Uh, I I couldn't explain what the gospel was, and I vividly remember actually having a, a sit down with my youth pastor at the time, I was probably 15 years old, 14, 15 years old. And he asked me kind of the classic question, you know, if you died, you know, where would you go? And I said, well, I'd for sure go to heaven. And he asked me why. And, you know, I kind of gave the the typical evangelical answer, you know, as a, as a teenager, well, I'm a, I'm a good person and I've done many good things and I'm, I'm, I'm actually just not that bad. And, and so he explained to me the gospel in very simple forms and 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 for whatever reason that instance or you know that that moment just kind of sticks out in my brain as the first time that I heard about Christ bearing my sin and you know my offense against a holy God and and so that kind of sticks out to me. And so I believe I was baptized uh, about a year later in my church uh, very grateful for that for that season. Um you know I was I was a classic teenager doing classic dumb teenager things. Uh, but the interesting thing for me is that as I kind of Monday morning quarterback my adolescence, uh, I look back and I, I definitely saw this this change in my mindset. Uh, and yet I was very much living in a in a Roman seven world, if that makes sense. So oh, yeah. I was I was still doing things that I did not want to do and the things that I wanted to do. 
I, I, I couldn't do. And so um, my oldest brother uh, was very influential, um, still very influential on me, um, still look up to him in, in many ways. He went into full-time ministry. Uh, he went to Bible college to become a pastor. And, and so uh, I thought, man, that looks, that looks cool. Uh, he looked like he was having a fun time in college. So I thought, you know, I should do that. And so, um, right. you know, I always had a draw. I, I had a really good relationship with my my youth pastors. They were, you know, godly men who loved me uh, in spite of my flaws and my weaknesses and my um, my general idiotness, if I can say that. Hmm. And so uh, I, I, I decided to go to Bible college, um, went for a little bit down in Georgia, but but ended up in the Twin Cities at a Bible college there. And it was there that I got connected to a Calvinistic college ministry. And during my involvement there, uh, attended Bethlehem Baptist Church, which is where John Piper is or was uh, the pastor at the time. And so, so really during my time there, I got to sit under some expositional preaching for the first time learning a lot about uh, what it means to preach the sovereignty of God. Um, you know, men who were investing in me in the college ministry were teaching me just about the the doctrines of grace. And so it was during my time there that I really began to grow in my understanding of the gospel. So that, that's just a little bit of my my background of, of kind of where I'm, I'm coming from. Yeah. So when, uh, so talk us a little bit about your ministry experience. At one point, did you finally, you know, start pastoral ministry? Cause I know you've been, how long you've been in pastoral ministry now? Yeah. Since 2011. Yeah. So 2011. Okay. So once I graduated, my wife and I, we, we got married uh, in college. So we got married in October, 2010. Uh, I graduated college December, uh, 2010. And then I started my first full-time ministry job, January, 2011. So it was a long period, or a very, sorry, I should say, it was a very short period of transition for us. And yeah. so we transitioned from the Twin Cities to about an hour north of the Twin Cities. So at the time, the college that I was at had a, had a college campus pastor, if you will, and he took a full-time senior pastor role and, and really just brought me with him on a risk. <laughs> He took a, a huge risk in bringing a young college grad. And so I began in this small rural church uh, as the director of youth worship and young adult ministries. So imagine that job title at the, at the signature of your email. It just got really old typing all the time. And so uh, the, my lead pastor was a super gracious guy, um, very influential on me, uh, loved me really well, was was part of the the Calvinistic ilk if you will. Uh, he was loved to teach the doctrines of grace. Um, you you know, one thing that he said almost every Sunday is I'm a preacher of good news. And, and, and that was, that was something that I didn't appreciate then, um, because I was still very angsty. I was an angsty Calvinist. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to get people to change, man. And so, but he was always a preacher of good news. And and that's something that, you know, kind of, kind of stuck with me. And so, yeah, we we served in that church for about three and a half years before we transitioned to uh, a different church, which was a, a larger evangelical free church. And it was during my time there that um, worked with a, a really good staff, um, made some really good friends, and it was during that that time, that phase of ministry, 
that I really began to rethink what it was that I was doing mm. and the the larger movement that I was part of, the the right. evangelical America that I was ministering in. And so it was it was during that time, you know, mix there was a lot of a lot of working and moving pieces, uh, a lot of things within myself, a lot of things outside of myself that really caused me to question a lot of the things that I was part of. Well, talk to us a little bit about this, uh, how you've kind of made this full transition and what you're doing now. Yeah, so I, I should maybe rewind uh, just a little bit and talk about really one of the greatest struggles for me. Um, and so I, I want to be careful because I'm very grateful for uh, my my college season and the things that I was learning. It was super influential on me. But I remember very vividly in college, I, I really began to struggle with the idea of assurance and really began to struggle with the idea of, I just never felt like I was enough. And so one of the things that was very popular during that season was just the idea of of Christian hedonism and and the idea of being satisfied in God and 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 those kinds of things and it was just something that my inner man just could not grasp it was something that i i couldn't quite it just never clicked in my brain and so what that led me toward was kind of this life of of morbid introspection it's like i became a really good puritan and so I was always investigating my fruit and I was always investigating my feelings and the things that were going on inside of me. And ultimately what that led to, and you guys have talked about this you know, a lot extensively on your podcast, ultimately what that led to was just a lot of despair because yeah. I never felt like I was enough. I never felt like my feelings were in the right place. I never felt like my assurance was there. And so... Honestly, John, how this how this played out as a pastor is I became so exacting in my tone. Mm. I became so angry as a pastor because I had this deep struggle within me. And so I thought the way to deal with that with others, I thought the way to shepherd through that was to was to preach and teach and pastor in such a way where you had to kind of shake people up mm. and and wake them up to Hey, there's some there's some spiritual realities that you that you need to be alive to, and the way to do that is to almost scare you into it, yeah. you know, almost to use some some fear mongering. And yeah. so it was almost as if I was trying to do that to myself, um, but I was really taking it out on on others. And this this really played out in in the first church that I I served in. I actually went back and and emailed you know the elders and the pastors of that church and apologized to them for many of my sermons <laughs> and the tone that I had and and told them that I was so sorry and they were very gracious and and yeah, we uh, call that the uh, scared sanctified yeah that's, of scared that's right that's right and so you know that that struggle with assurance you know that kind of you know went up and down during particular seasons and it was about a few years ago that you know I was going through some things personally just some some battles with personal sin uh, my wife and I were working through some things in our marriage, 
you know, I was working through some struggles with our, our church that we were serving in, you know, our, 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 our daughter was about to be born. So we just had a lot of transition going on. And I very vividly remember I was preaching a sermon on Ephesians one, one of the greatest and most glorious passages of all of the Bible talking about how from eternity past, you know, our salvation is secure, you know, Mm. To use the covenantal language, it's it's the covenant of redemption on full display in Ephesians 1. Right. Yeah. And I remember preaching this sermon, coming home, and the way I describe it is imagine a tall glass of clear, pure water, and then taking an ink dropper and dropping ink in there, and just watching mm. it slowly consume the water. And I, I, I honestly physically felt in that day it's like my mind broke Hmm. and it's like the inner voice within me was screaming yeah but you don't believe that you don't believe that you are not there you know your heart condemns you you know your life condemns you and what that led to was was really just a long season of crippling crippling and i I mean crippling like i could not get out of bed but like crippling doubt and crippling depression um my you know my wife always says you know we never want to return to that because i was i was a terrible individual you know i mean (laughs) literally we would be sitting at my dinner table and i would just be you know playing with my food and i would just start sobbing and i remember you know my oldest son who was about four three, four at the time. I remember my son, he put his hand on me. He said, daddy, what's wrong? <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. And, and I just started sobbing and I said, buddy, I don't know. You know, daddy, I, all I could say to him was daddy's heart hurts. And so what that led to was just, uh, some pretty intensive counseling. You know, we have a, a great Christian counseling center here in, in Wilmer. And so, developed a really good relationship with a counselor. And it was, it was to the point where, John, I was going to counseling almost three times a week. Wow. And just working through some of these realities. And, and, so, and then it was during that time that a friend of mine, uh, shout out to Terry. I have to give a shout out to Terry. Terry <laughs> sent me you know, your podcast. He sent me your podcast and, and leaving pietism. And it was during that time. I remember listening to that podcast and my hands were cupped over my mouth. And it was like, you know, parts of my world, it's like the lights were beginning to turn on. Right. And I was beginning to understand the, for the first time this idea of, of pietism. And a friend of mine uh, here locally, we, we began listening to the podcast together. And I re- just during that season, we were just, it was like fireworks. Like I would listen to one and then I would, you know, I would run to him and say, have you listened to this? Have you heard this? And then he would listen to one. He said, man, have you, have you listened to this? And both he and I together, we just, we began on this journey of just exploding with this new idea of what it, what it really means to, to rest in Christ. And so I began to, to really understand assurance in a different light. And I'll be honest, uh, I'll be honest with the listeners to say that's still a struggle. Assurance is still a struggle because my tendency is to look within, That's right. is to look at 
you know, the, the progress of my sanctification, the progress of my life, how much am I defeating sin? How much or how much better am I today than I was yesterday? And, and I don't want to doubt the, the progressive sanctification because I don't want to flatten the discussion. Right. But, you know, I've, I think it's Louis Burkhoff, uh, systematic theologian, uh, who was so helpful in talking about our assurance is found in the promises and word of God. That's right. Particularly in the face of Christ. That's right. You know, and where I was seeking to find it was how good am I? Yeah. How much better am I? You know? And so all of those dumb things that I was doing as a teenager, quote unquote, post conversion. Before I just could not make sense of that because the lens that I had was, well, if I was a Christian, I would never do this and I would never do that. And I would never do this. But now I see as, well, I was a teenager. <laughs> I had little understanding of the gospel. And yeah, of course, I made dumb decisions. And so just yeah. during that time, there was a few writers and authors and books that um, really helped kind of shift some things for me. So I think of Chad Bird. Chad Bird was mm. super helpful in my understanding yeah. of how these things work. Of, of course, Theocast was was really helpful. Michael Horton and his understanding yeah. of of justification by faith alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, on account of Christ alone. Um, you know, though those authors, those podcasts, those books, those things really began to pulled me into this more reformed confessional mindset. And so as a, as a pastor, you know, in, a, in an evangelical church, what that created in me was just kind of this almost crisis of conscience because I just began to see things differently. I began to see the world differently. And, you know, I began to teach in this way, which created a lot of interesting office conversations where people were like, what is it that you're saying here? And so, you know, I, there was there was definitely some cagey moments, if you will, some cage stage. Oh, always, yeah. Yeah, some cage stage reform confessional <laughs> moments that, you know, of course, you, you want to go back and, and redo. But uh, yeah, I began to just kind of shift into this area, uh, which eventually led me to... Uh, graciously depart from the church that I was serving in um, because, you know, I was seeing some things differently. I was, I was having a, a shift in mindset and a shift in focus, mm. uh, which then ultimately were led to a, a greater friendship with, with you and, yeah. and the journey. Which that we should absolutely, yeah. absolutely do a podcast on. I, you know, early in my seminary, right after seminary, I had to do the same thing. I had to shift out of a certain context that I was, I've actually had to do it twice uh, I, when I became a Calvinist, I had to still switch out. And when I became reformed uh, right. versus just being a Calvinist, I had to do the same thing. And it'd be a good, it'd be good uh, to talk about how do you do that? Cause I remember that was the first conversation. The first time we ever met was a couple of years ago when you said, John, how do, how do I leave this church? Yeah. 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 What do I do? How do I, how do I be, how do I be a, a unifying agent and, and get out? <laughs> so. um, and it's hard. I mean, when you're in a context that you love people and you've shepherded them and, you, and you've walked through death, marriage, excitement birth you know and and now you're telling them you know you're going to leave them that's that's a hard yeah absolutely yeah it was it was it was very painful and very difficult and you know i still love them still support them in their ministry and, and what they're doing um yeah. you know i just i think eventually for me it just became 
you know, I just had a different way of, of viewing things. And, yeah. and so, yeah. Well, we've said this when you get as a pastor, you know, we made this mistake and, and Byron's even talked about making this mistake. When you get to a place where you understand that you're, you're playing a different game than everyone else and the rules have changed and you try and make everybody play that new game. Yeah. It's just, it's not, it's not, you know, fair is the best way of saying it. it's just like, it, it it's not right to try and transition people in that way unless they're willing to do that. And I think it's always, it's better to bring in someone who can continue to shepherd them in the way that they've been, you know, rightly uh, have been being shepherds. So yeah, absolutely. It's a whole nother, another context though. So let's talk a little bit about where you're at now. This is some exciting stuff. You are on the, uh, on the, right on the edge of launching a brand new church. Yeah. So, so yeah, as you said, just, uh, about a minute or so, you know, you and I, we began a, a friendship a couple of years ago and, uh, I remember asking your advice and, and really came to this place where, um, you know, I, the, the current context that I was, I was serving in, I, I just, I couldn't, you know faithfully serving, you know, having that, that yeah. crisis of conscience. So my, my wife and I, we kind of made the decision, uh, last, last year to, to walk away from that. And, and we were really walking into the dark. We we had no idea yeah. what was, what was next for us. And we loved where we were. We, we loved our town. We loved the, the area. We believe that, that there is a lot of work to be done here, uh, which is where we are, we are currently living. And, and so, we, you know, got connected to you. We started having these conversations just about, you know, what it, what it looks like. You were, you were pastoring, you know, a relatively young, brand new church. And, right. uh, you know, so I was asking a lot of questions about what that looked like. And, and, you know, I should, you know, again, to, to rewind, you know, the whole idea of church planting to me was something that was so foreign, uh, right. a, a former associate of mine you know, was always pushing the idea of church planting. And I thought he was nuts. I thought he was crazy because who in their <laughs> you right mind- You have to mind, be crazy. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, indeed, yeah. Number one qualification for church planter, insane. Crazy. Um, <laughs> mentally unstable, if you will. Uh, and a solid marriage. <laughs> yeah, and a solid marriage, yeah, and a very forgiving wife. Right. And so, so, you know, he was always talking about church planting. And, and again, I just thought he was crazy. Why in the world? When you could be working at an established church with a steady income, as steady as it can be, uh, you yeah. know, a lot of things moving, uh, a lot of pieces already there. Why in the world would you want to walk away from that in order to probably work a second job mm-hmm. and minister in a context where it's difficult? Why, why would you want to do that? And so I just always thought that that was, you know, to be frank, just rather dumb. I just never wanted to do that. But <laughs> right. as I began to shift into this more reformed confessional mindset, you know, and to see the joys therein, I began to see, man, there is, there is room and there's need for this. Yeah. You know, th- there is need for this. Uh, people are beginning to be hungry for Christ and his benefits. And, you know, the idea of the Sunday morning worship gathering being a place where I'm not being given a pep talk or a Ted talk, right. but I'm being yeah. given Christ and, and his work and where I can find rest. And so that began a, just a conversation with you, you know, our friendship began to, to blossom. And then it, all of a sudden, I think it was you who just kind of out of the blue asked me, well, what do you think about church planting? <laughs> and <laughs> I think I hung up. 
Um, <laughs> but no, I you know we we just began that conversation of yeah. what it would look like to begin to partner with Community Bible Church South and yeah. the idea of church planting, and so that led to conversations and over the phone interviews and eventually yeah. me flying down to Nashville and being interviewed yeah. by you and your elders. And, uh, to make a long story short, you know, here we are, here we are yeah. being sent by your church to plant in our town. And so we have uh, a group of nine families, 18 adults, uh, you know, over 20 children. So we are just <laughs> It's a good church right there. Yeah, we are bursting. Yeah, the Presbyterians like that. Um, we were just bursting at the seams of of kids. And and so right now we are kind of in our, what we're calling core family phase, walking through yep. our church confession, the 1689 London Baptist Confession, uh, talking about different doctrinal points, um, learning how to love one another and serve one another. And so... It's been uh, quite honestly one of the hardest things I've ever done because yeah. you 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 know you don't get into church planting to become rich or famous by by no. any stretch because of the it's, imagination. It's the easy thing to do. Yeah, right. You, you don't you don't you don't get into church planting because it's easy. Um and so I I've just I've learned things the hard way. You know, I've had to apologize to people multiple times for mm for things that I've done and things that I've said and things that I haven't done and things that I haven't said. And and so we've, we've had a, a large learning curve, but one of the things that I've just come to appreciate is that when you get people in a room and you start to think about the unreached in your community and the unbelieving in your community and, and the message that we're seeking to bring, which is Christ and him crucified for sinners it just it electrifies people and it gets people yeah. excited to to be on movement for for that and so we're excited we're we're probably a couple months away from from launching right now yeah. and and so it's it's been a journey and it will be a journey um and so i just a quick note to the listener you're probably going to go try to google our church Christ Community Church Wilmer Minnesota <laughs> Just be really embarrassed by our our website. So it's <laughs> it's still a work in progress. So yeah. we're relatively young. So wait, uh, you haven't gone public yet? Huh? No, no, we haven't. We haven't. So we're still in the in in kind of our core family phase. So uh, the yeah. doors are closed, if you will. We're we're, we're yeah. not a publicly launched, you know, constituted church as of yeah. yet. But it's been great. It's been a lot of fun watching uh, you guys develop your team and i know you've been going it's a 10-week series you're going through right now just walking through kind of the core of the confessions is that right yeah that's correct so you know we've talked about the trinity we've talked about the bible uh we've talked about you know just kind of the the covenants of redemption covenant of grace covenant of works uh began moving into assurance perseverance you know we'll move into you know what is the church what is the purpose of the church mm. um and so it's just been it's been rich to to get people together and you know, you know, the interesting thing is, is just kind of walking people into this uh, reformed confessional mindset and just the idea of, you know, what we're, what we're seeking to, to bring is, is not merely theology for theology's sake, but, right. but rather the Jesus that it, it brings through it, um, yeah. which has been so helpful for me. Um, and so we're excited, you know, my, my wife and I, we are, we are walking through uh, this, you know, with with hands open, you know, realizing that, you know, the Lord is the senior pastor. Uh, Jesus yeah. is the senior pastor of this church. And so we, we trust fully in him. And 
And so it's been, it's been difficult in many respects. It's been rewarding in many respects. But I think the thing that continually pushes me is, you know, the joy and the rest that I have found in Christ and, yeah. and so badly wanting other people to experience that as well and to see them Amen. as well. And just the whole idea of, you know, the gospel assurance, all these things just lie outside of you. You know, that's, that's been so refreshing for me. And so, so yeah, we're continually moving forward, you know, one step at a time and we're excited to do so. Yeah. Yeah. You've had to field a lot of the same questions, you know, I have. Nashville's become the hub of church planting. It's if, if you want to plant a church for whatever reason, you move to the suburbs, of Nashville. I, I and, and people think I'm joking when I say this. If there is a corner of Spring Hill where I'm at right now, south of Nashville, if there is a corner where a church can meet, a church is meeting there. Yes, I and, remember uh, that visiting. Yes. <laughs> uh, you, if you have a strong enough arm, you can hit six churches with a rock from my front door. You can even hear the, the bass thumping of certain churches as you walk through my front door. That's pretty amazing. And so people always ask, so why are you or why did you plant a church? And, you know, the answer is, look, we're not here to bash these other churches or put them down. But we do offer something that is, I think, unique and needed. And that is a message of resting in Christ and his finished work versus resting in your own ability or the self-improvement message that's out there. And I think that's needed and definitely it's needed in Wilmer. It's not that it's not there, but you can you never can have enough of that message because it is a unique message that. Uh, really, there's not a lot of people who are trying to pursue people in that in that manner. So I think what's exciting about the the guys behind the microphone now is, you know, Ju- uh, Ju- Justin's been uh, a church planner or planted his church almost four years ago. I'm I'm going into my my uh, third year, and of course, you're starting. And so what's what's fun is that you have three guys who are extremely passionate about the gospel, about reform theology, who are confessional who understand how it is to come from out of evangelical, the broader evangelical, legalistic, pietistic, and then know what it's like to live in that world and then try and shepherd people in that world. So kind of the tone of the podcast is going to be very pastoral and and helping walk through culture of how do you how do you now rest? How do you now live? How do you now obey? What does it look like to obey? So it's Indeed. going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, your, I can't wait to announce your church plant. Uh, so if there's someone who's in Wilmer, uh, or nearby, we'd love for you to, you don't, you're not a part of a church yet and we'd love for you to come over and, well, I guess once the doors open, <laughs> once the doors open, so, yeah, don't come now because yeah. you don't know where we are. <laughs> we're secret. Yeah. We're, we're like the underground church, the underground church, secret yeah. church. So, yeah. And I think, well, thank I you. think too, John, it's, it's important for, for, for me to realize, and you know, we've said this at Wilmer and I'm sure you could say this in Nashville as well. And you know, whoever's listening could say this to their town. It's, you know, most, most cities are, are over churched and undersaved. Yeah. You know, and so that's what really motivates us is yeah. we want to be part of the broader church community and, and co-labor alongs our, our brothers and sisters who maybe see things differently, but we want to be part of that greater movement of, of bringing Christ to, to this area. Amen. Amen. Well, just uh, again, thank you for those of you who have kind of supported us through this transition. So we, we kind of have our team now. These are the three guys who are going to be part. We're going to still uh, interview. We have lots of great interviews set up, but it's these three guys who are going to be sitting behind the microphones trying to lead you to a better understanding of what does it mean to trust Christ, uh, a better understanding of the history of Reformed theology and how it impacts your understanding of your relationship to God and how you read your Bible and how you listen to preaching. So we're, we're excited to do that. 
Thank you for the support for those of you that have continued to support us through donation or through the membership. And uh, many of you have reached out and have been very encouraging in that way. So we, we appreciate that. Well, new primer coming out, primer unrest in August. So look for that new episode starting in August. And uh, we're going to be doing very much a, a kind of a, we're going to be going back and starting over really in a way of talking about or doing episodes on the introductory to Reformed theology. What does law gospel, what does redemptive historic mean? Uh, how do we understand a covenant of works, covenant of grace? So we're excited to record those. So we'll see you guys soon in a couple of weeks, and thanks for listening.